Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the best of Room 104. Phone and text lines are now closed. Any call or text you make will not count, but you may still be charged. FM 104. It's, it's normal skin, it isn't. Nothing special about it. I wonder if you can. I, I well, why would I don't it be think... more sore than anywhere else in the body? What do you mean? You know that you're saying that would be. You don't want to try it. That'd be very painful. No, no, not even and that. But you wouldn't want different? to laser your balls in case you destroy your balls. The testes are very sensitive. They're outside, but they're outside the body because they need to be a degree cooler than the rest of your body for optimal function. So if you start lasering them with a super hot laser. That's, no, it's not super not hot, though. No, laser hair removal isn't sore. It is. It's like a laser beam that you can fire a hole through a wall. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. literally like this kind of weird You put twitch. a laser down there, that would just fall off, and then there you go. Yeah, I don't know, though, if, the, if you actually can laser down there. I'm just intrigued as to know whether or not you can or not, because I would have imagined it was the same type of skin as we have inside. There's no need to be lasering inside there, but I'm just wondering... Can you do it because it's outside? And, you know, if you can do it, all lads should have to do it. No. Yeah, you no. should. No. Get rid of that hair. There's no need for it. If you're a beautician who offers the lasering service, can you let us know, do you offer a, a male alternative for down there? I, I can't imagine you do, and I can't imagine any man in his right mind would be like, do you know what would be good for down there for my reproductive organs? Lasers. High-powered, high-focused lasers. No. It's great. No Honestly, it's the best money you'll ever spend. Oh, don't know about that now. Don't know about that now. But, um, yeah. And do you know who I'd, I'd love to chat to as well? I was only thinking this the other day. A friend of who? mine, um, a friend of mine is a beautician, salon worker, and was talking about some of the most insanely crazy stories and situations that people who go in for treatments for like massages and things like that and facials yeah. have. I'd say beauticians have some of the craziest and salon spa workers have some of the craziest stories in the entire world. You would not believe how disgusting some people are. And I've heard mm. this firsthand. Now I'm talking about people going for waxes that shouldn't be going for waxes for, for yeah. reasons. Yeah. Yeah. They're not well or else they're going through something and it's just nasty. <laughs> yeah, they definitely shouldn't be going out in public, let alone getting worked on it or treatments on it. But I'd love to know if you're a beautician or a spa worker or a salon worker or whatever. What? 
This is the best of Room 104. Phone and text lines are now closed. Any call or text you make will not count, but you may still be charged. FM 104. Dean, it's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104 with Play Blue. See what takes your fancy at playblue.ie. You know you want to. We're talking about just different procedures for, well, putting a call out if you happen to work in a salon or you're a beautician, or you've ever, you know, worked in any of those areas or industries, what's the strangest, oddest thing you've either witnessed or been asked to do? Because I know beauticians and people who work in health spas and things like that, I'm sure you've been faced with some ridiculous scenarios and things happening. Thanks to uh, Liam, who sent sent in a message. It got us talking, by the way, about different body hair removal procedures for men and women. And he sent me in a link. Uh, now, <laughs> he's after Googling. Send me a screenshot of a Google result, testicle hair laser removal. Oh. And I won't, I won't mention the brand, but it says, this particular company specializes in permanent laser hair removal treatment for men called Balls and All. <laughs> trademark, no. by the way. That Balls and All is trademarked. It removes all hair on a male's private parts, including the shaft and the base of the penis, the testicles, the area between the anus and the testicles. Oh, mother of God. Wow. So it's possible. <laughs> uh, it, it, whether it's healthy or not, I don't know whether it's possible and whether those people who offer that service, the balls and all trademarked uh, laser hair removal procedure for men, whether that is even possible in Ireland, I do not know. Uh, being offered in Ireland, I don't know, but it is a thing. <clears throat> so you're going to get it? Oh, yeah. Booking myself in right now. Hang on. Uh, I'll get myself in and we'll sort that out. Definitely oh, book yourself in there. Yeah, no, not gonna, not gonna try that. Lasers, la- la- <laughs> lasers down there. No way, absolutely no way. I'll, do, I'll get a Mac three added and a hedge clippers, and we'll uh, start in the weekend. Hopefully, finish. Get a he- head streamers as well. Just we'll be sorted and do that. But uh, listen, if you're a salon worker, or beautician, or you know anyone and they've got any hard stories, let us know. We'd love to chat with them. I'd say madness. Some mad stories on the way next. Are you a middle child? Have you been suffering with middle child syndrome? Did you have to fight for attention because the older and the younger ones always took up all your parents' times? Are you damaged now because you was you were a middle child or maybe you actually liked it? Myself and Saoirse, we're both middle children. We're both screwed up in various different ways. But we're going to be talking to family expert and author Marie Wallace, uh, Mary Wallace, who will be on the show next, talking everything middle child syndrome. So if that's you... This is the best of Room 104. Phone and text lines are now closed. Any call or text you make will not count, but you may still be charged. FM 104. FM 104, it's Gorm and here. And if you are a middle child, do you believe that there is such a thing as a middle child syndrome? And has your life been just negatively impacted because your older sibling got all of the attention and then your younger sibling needed all the attention as well because they needed to make sure that they were keeping them alive and you were just left there in the middle kind of going, Hello, what's going on with my life? Now, strangely enough, Saoirse is a middle child, but also so am I. But there was more, I suppose, people around you in your family setup than there was mine. I just have an older and younger brother or older and younger sister. Yeah, see, that's the difference, right? I'm a middle child of five kids. So a lot of people might be middle children of three. And for you in particular, you're the only boy. So I'm competing with two sisters and two brothers and I'm bang in the middle. So growing up, I got no attention. Zero. So I made up for it. I was the worst teenager and I'm probably the most annoying adult out of everyone now. Probably, Mm. but it'd be interesting to see now whether or not um, you believe in a middle child syndrome. If you are a middle child, drop us a WhatsApp and let us know, does any of this ring true? And do you believe that you suffer, along with myself and Saoirse, 
from middle child syndrome. Now, listen, to explain a little bit more about what it is, if it even is a thing, if or maybe it's just like a pop culture thing that does not make any sense, to explain a little bit more about this whole thing, what it might look like, how it might have manifested in your life. She is a child and family expert and child and family therapist joining us uh, this evening now. Mary Wallace. Mary, how are things? Things are fine here in New York. <laughs> We're much better now. I'm glad you're both middle children, so you could totally relate to whatever we're going to be talking about. And you both actually touched on a lot of the issues for a middle child, and we'll go into that, you know, what it's like and uh, how gender affects the experience and how the size of the family and the age gap. We can talk all about that. I wrote a book called Birth Order Blues, and it's about children's emotional experiences in the family depending upon their birth order spot. So there definitely is a middle child syndrome. And what I mean by that is that you have kind of unique emotional experiences in the family that shape your personality, your behavior, and your emotions. That's true for the, for the oldest and the youngest, but we're talking about the middle child. So there's definitely a middle child syndrome. What, do you want me to go into it? Yes, please. Okay. So as a middle child, you have uh, both an older sibling and a younger sibling. And I always <laughs> like to start off with the positives of the spot so <laughs> we can see them because there are some. Okay. So when you have an older sibling, you can look up to what the older sibling is doing. The older sibling can teach you how to tie your shoe or how to prepare for an audition in an orchestra. So you can learn a lot. You, you have a younger sibling who you get the opportunity to take care of from time to time. If he falls, you kiss him on the head, <laughs> you put a band-aid on his knee if he scrapes his knee, and you also learn how to be a leader and be responsible for this child when mom takes a shower or you want to teach the child how to play a new game. So the middle child emerges from this experience with a lot of positives. First of all, he's, he knows how to get along with older kids, younger kids. So he's got a lot of social skills and he becomes a nurturer of the younger one and he can grow up faster as having an older sibling. Okay, those are the positives. Should we go right. into the challenges? Or we could say oh. negatives, but nowadays we call them challenges. Oh, no, um, let's call them the, miserable, uh, miserable negative situations to find yourself in as a miserable child. Middle, miserable middle child. Okay, and, and, and again, we're talking about what's the emotional experience, and that's what, that's what causes the syndrome. And uh, what happens is the older child, A, can do so much more than you can do. You're sitting on a tricycle, he's on a, on a big, big two-wheeler, and you say, what's wrong with me? I can do that. The family is so involved in the older child because he keeps having these new experiences. He's going to high school. Mm. He's going to way to college. And it, it stops the whole family's energy because they have to make it go right. They've never done it before. By the time you come around, they've done it before. And so that's, that's a hard thing. So you could be sitting at the dinner table and dad is talking with the older child about going off to high school and what he needs to do. And mom is feeding the baby, which we'll get to. And the middle child might fling a forkful of spaghetti across the table because nobody has the time to talk to the middle child. Let me go over that, that younger child thing. The younger child is a baby uh, or 
the baby of the family, which, by the way, the middle child lost that role when the baby came along. Yeah. So he has a lot of feelings about that. But there's so much time and attention that has to go into the younger child. Plus, the younger child is now doing all these cute things. And this may be the last, the last child of the family. So there's a lot of intent of attention. So the middle child feels squeezed out by the older one and the younger one. And it feels really badly about not getting attention. What's the difference between the genders? Okay. So if you're the middle child, and I think one of you mentioned that, you're, you're the middle child of two other kids who are, uh, let's say you're the brother and you have two sisters, well, you stand out and you get more attention for being that of that gender. Nobody else is. You don't have to really compete in that area. So you stand out, so you get more attention. It's not as intense an experience, or it, cannot, it can really uh, color your experience. However, if you're, one, if you're uh, a sister of many sisters, now you really have a harder time defining your identity, which is another problem for a middle child. It's the attention that's lacking, but it's also, I'm not the oldest, I'm not the youngest, who am I? If you're in a large family, now you have an older child getting the attention for the reasons I said, and a younger child getting the attention, and all those kids in the middle have to try to be unique in some way to get attention. And sometimes, it's, as you said, it's acting out in uh, with anger because you're angry and you're not getting attention. So you fall into negative attention seeking or you might dye your hair purple. Yeah, I definitely have ticked most of those boxes as a teenager and I guess the career I've gone for as well. <laughs> I want people to listen to me finally because they still your parents don't. to listen to you. So you said, what would be the easiest Pretty way much. to just broadcast into Dublin 24-7 and maybe by chance by flicking around the radio in the car, they'll hear their daughter and understand it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's very funny that you mentioned that though, Mary, because if you've just tuned in, by the way, we're talking about middle, ch- middle child syndrome and uh, how... It might be different for, you know, your family makeup, the size of your family, whether you're a boy or a girl or have more brothers and sisters. It's funny that you mentioned that because, one, I think I was insanely jealous of my younger sister and used to row with her all the time. Didn't really know why, but now you're starting to make sense because I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe that's why I felt as if I wasn't getting enough attention. But also, yeah, I would be, I would have gotten the most uh, attention in comparison to the two of them. And I think just because I was I was the only boy and I never even thought about how that might have uh, affected me, but... I was delighted with it. Yeah, of course. You found a way that, uh, well, you, you were born a boy. But you can also, other kids find a way by, let's say, they have a talent. And a lot of kids, middle children, are in the art. I have to say to both of you <laughs> that you <laughs> find, you, you, yeah. you know, I, there's a funny reason, too. There's a funny reason, too, because... The oldest child gets to school first, so he's the brilliant one in the family, often, often. And he's the student, and he's getting all the accolades. So the middle child gravitates to the art and shines or becomes the jokester of the family or um, finds a way to uh, hold the attention like a magnet. Now, is there a way that if you were aware of this, so if you had three children, so obviously if I happen to have three children and I I was a middle child myself, if you gave the middle child way more attention than the other two, would that just kind of get rid of the whole stigma around middle child syndrome? Well, that's a whole other issue, how the parent's birth order affects um, the whole situation. You understand your middle child, and so you want to make sure 
he gets attention and not go through what you did. You know, uh, there's a strong identification. Of course, if he acts like you did as a middle child, he might get more hell than the other kids. <laughs> but I, my book is basically for parents, birth order blues. And, and, and the point of my book is to say, you can do this, 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 to make each child feel equally loved and self-confident. So what I would recommend for parents, like you said, to make sure you're giving equal attention. Don't sit at the table and only focus on the oldest child or, or the youngest who needs help cutting uh, her food. Bring the middle child into a conversation. Um, how, how was your day? Tell us. You have to monitor this because it's a natural thing. You want to give support to the older child with something new. It's just very natural. So, But you have to w monitor the time you're giving. And spend individual time with your middle child. You could set up a play date, the, the two of you, and put it on the calendar. Say, oh, well, let's do something special. That middle child ne needs to know he's just as important. I want to give you a quick uh, anecdote that a middle child once told me. At night, Dad is uh, helping my older brother with his homework. Mom is putting the baby to bed. And I stand in the hallway waiting for someone to notice me. God. So sad. I've been there. I've been there. Do you know child. what that middle child is going to do? It's going to start playing with matches and fire and just start setting things on fire <laughs> in the house going, well, no one was giving me any attention. <laughs> There's a natural anger that, that when children don't get their uh, attention, they feel a, a natural anger. And to a child, time equals attention equals love. And if they feel they're not loved enough, yeah, the matches or some sort <laughs> short of acting out can happen. Is there any particular, like, what's the best birth order position to be born into? Like, is it the first? Is it the middle? Is it the last? Or do we even know? I've been a therapist for over 30 years, and I wrote this book because it came out of my experiences with people. I mm. found that there were unique experiences to each to each child, and they each had positives and each had challenges. There is no best. The, the firstborn is pressured to succeed uh, tremendously. The youngest one often doesn't get enough time either because... The older kids are so noisy, and they take all the attention. So each spot has its challenges, and it's positive. So that's my book relates to each birth order and says, here's how you deal with your firstborn to make him feel better. Here's how you deal with your middle child. Here's how you deal with your youngest child. And there really are tools that you can use to, you know, keep up your own consciousness and awareness to make sure each one is getting enough. Okay, well, I mean, I think my mom probably should have read this years ago. <laughs> no, yeah. but uh, she didn't. Yeah. And she still will say, oh, poor Sersha. She feels like she got no attention. Stop being a drama queen. And now you can send her this book, Sersha, and kind of go, well, you see, chapter four, five, and six, have a read of those. I didn't get any. Um, and you were obviously competing with a lot more people uh, than there were. Before we let you go, Mary. We appreciate you giving up your, your time here this evening, chatting obviously about middle oh, child syndrome. Pleasure. And you, you mentioned obviously you were you've been working with families and and in family situations for the last thirty or so years. Do parents honestly? Parents do have a favorite child, don't they? Oh, that's a complicated one. You know, it ha it happens. Sometimes it has to do with birth order. Like you might, you know, really identify and understand your oldest child better because you were an oldest child. Or they're doing something that you really love. I think it's there. I think we try to balance it. You know, uh, yeah, kids don't act it out and try 
try to find all the qualities about the other children that you love too. Yeah, no, oh, I'm my that. dad's favourite by far, and that's just a known fact. Uh, yeah, and the rest of them are just like, all right, Tisha, don't rub it in. Yeah, pretty much. Was, well, was uh, he a middle child? Was he? He was one of five kids, and he would have been kind of in the middle. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There you go. It's all making sense now, Susha. It's all coming actually, full yeah. circle. Actually, hang on a sec. He's in the exact same position as I am in his family. Oh, he was the go. middle child of five. Wow. We're all, we're all getting enlightened. It's all slotting into place now, Mary. But um, uh, listen, if you're interested in having a little bit more of a read of that, Birth Order Blues is the name of her book. She's been a family and child expert and therapist for the last 30 or so years. And there we go. If you've related to any of that while you were listening, if you are a middle child, get in touch. We'll set up the Middle, the middle Child's Club here on the show, 0876797104. Uh, Mary, uh, Mary Wallace, thanks a million for popping on this evening on F104, and we will chat to you again soon. I would welcome coming back. Thank you so much. Anytime. We'd love to have you. Here's 24 Golden Ian Dore. This is Mood. It's F104. This is the best of Room 104. Phone and text lines are now closed. Any call or text you make will not count, but you may still be charged. FM 104. It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104 uh, with Play Blue, Ireland's leading online adult shop. It's the same place you're fancy at playblue.ie. You know you want to. In relation, you got a text in a little earlier on. I'm only getting back to this now. Comes in from Anto. Is it? Is It is Anto. And, uh, Sasha was slating me because I'm the type of person, I don't know about you, but I, I just wear dark grey T-shirts. It could be the hottest day of the year. It could be the coldest day on record. Dark grey T-shirt, that's all it is, right? My my palette of, you open my wardrobe, there's just a miserable dark navy and grey emanating out from it. There's no bright colours at all. But Anto, thanks for the message in because he said, Cormac, you choose to wear whatever the F colours you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, said, we don't need to get... You know, aggressive. Oh, we do, um, we do. And Anto's getting aggressive and he continues on. He says, for my birthday last week, the wife brought me, the wife bought me a salmon-coloured T-shirt. It's peach, by the way. I wore it for the birthday dinner and it's gone to the shelf of shirts <laughs> I will be donating. Look, we just like a pop of colour now and again. You know, we don't want you wearing the same thing. You just look boring. Especially when we're wearing a brand new outfit. You can't Are you be though? just rocking up in your grey T-shirt. It's just, do you know what it is, actually? And I find this really upsetting. And I found this on dates with many men. That when they make many no effort... Many men, eh? Oh, hello. Yes, any dates I've gone on, it's well, rare that someone will go, I'll stick a shirt on and actually nice shoes. They wear the usual stuff they'd wear during the day, any day of the week. I've just, after doing my whole tan, my makeup, my hair, I probably got my hair done, actually, got a bouncy blow dry, and a new outfit, the whole lot, new jewellery as well, you know, all this stuff. And, like... Usually, the guy will go, oh, you look really nice. And what do you say back? You look the same as you do every bloody day of the week. No, you say thank you. Yeah, you do say thank you, but why can't can't you make an effort? I don't know who you've been choosing to go on these random phantom dates with, but you're choosing terrible, terrible men. I would put on a nice ironed grey T-shirt. I have a... Because I have have different T-shirts. I have, you know, boring everyday Dark navy t-shirts and then special going out dark navy no, grey t-shirts. No, you don't. I I've do. been on nights out with you. You wear the same one. I literally have a picture of you yeah, after a Christmas iron. night out wearing they're the grey t-shirt you wore that day in work. Listen, listen. It just means that my day-to-day attire is so good that I can wear it out on a night out. It's so disappointing. Like, I mean, what's wrong with a blue shirt? You'd look lovely in a nice blue shirt, some jeans, something a bit different. People would notice you more as well. They go, oh, look, Jesus, that's Cormac. He looks well. Must be something up. He's not wearing his usual dark navy or grey. Yeah, dark navy, grey, and then your blazing squad jacket that you wear. I love that. I'm going to get buried in that blazing squad jacket. 
Seriously. Like you yeah. need to just open your eyes a little bit and stop with the grey and the navy. You all need to stop doing it. You're all the same. Hashtag not all men. There's some fantastic styles, men. All. Yeah, bar the ones that go to the extreme and wear no socks. We're not talking about them. They yeah, they you, have problems yeah. on the other side. They need to be put down. Yes, they do. But there's nothing wrong with a nice white shirt or a nice blue shirt or maybe a nice salmon or peach colour. No, no. Anto tried his best and now he's got to, he's got to donate the shirts. Just set them on fire, Anto. Burn the shirts. And what's wrong use. with them? What's right with them? But they're different. And would you, ever, would you ever wear that shirt she got out with you in front of the lads? What do you mean, would you ever wear that in front of the lads? I don't think I would. Well, he, he should. Boy. He should. It doesn't have to be a shirt. You could have a nice jumper, a nice, you know, oh, one thin one. Yeah. yeah. There's some lovely makes there now. Like, <laughs> a nice. You don't even have to get a navy or a grey one. You can also get, you know, a nice kind of... I mean, they have mustard colours. They have... Mustard no, colour. You're trying I've to sell nice me on mustard. Red. My God. Red would be nice on you as well. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, just... Great. I think it'd be nice. Now, for Christmas, I'm going to get you some jumpers and T-shirts that have a bit of colour, a bit of pop of colour in it. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome. Thanks, Mom. Um, okay, we, we best move on. Um, do you have a designated parking space in your apartment block? No, actually, I love my apartment block because there's only 12 apartments and very few people drive. So I have all the spaces, really. I can park wherever I want. Okay, that's good. If you live in an estate or an apartment block that has designated parking, what do you do when somebody takes your parking space? Now, don't get me wrong. There was a stage there about, I'd say just before Christmas, where people were having a lot of guests over or doing Mm -hmm. Airbnb and they had rented cars and stuff. So coming back, obviously, late at night after a show, there was times when there was no space at all. Now, I don't have a designated space, but clearly there was not 12 other cars using those apartments. So I'd park on the road, which is paid parking. So I had to get up at stupid o'clock to move it. Yeah. And that was infuriating. So I put a big notice on the door. Oh, did you? Did, did, is that what you did when somebody, when you didn't have parking in your area and someone took, took it? Because there's obviously, there's a lot of uh, new apartments that have, you're allowed, what, 1.5 uh, spaces per car. So you, you've one, even though it might be a two or three bed apartment or a house, you might live in somewhere close to town where people are parking right outside your door and sneaking in either to get the bus to the Lewis and stuff. So yeah. they're constantly taking your space and just absolute nightmare. What do you do when somebody takes your car parking space? And have you ever gone a little bit like Ross Geller on it and left a psycho, crazy, angry note? Like, how do you, how do you let them know that they shouldn't be parking where they're parking? And has uh, what's the, you know, what have you been forced to do? A guy over in the UK did something very, very creative, very inventive, something that I love to do, but I don't think I'd ever have the balls to actually do this. But listen, let us know what have you had to do when the stupid neighbours or the stupid people coming over visiting or the stupid people who are just trying to find a sneaky free parking space if you live anywhere near the city centre and what you do when they take your space 0876797104 we'll chat about that next here on F. This is the best of Room 104 phone and text lines are now closed any call or text you make will not count but you may still be charged FM 104 It's Cormac and you here on Room 104 hope you're I was about to say Friday why in the name of God was I about to say Friday hope your Friday evening's going well I hope it went well I hope your Monday is going well we can get to Friday sooner rather than later but what do you do when someone 
takes your car parking space right outside your gaff. I'd say you go crazy. Do you know what's really funny? This kind of happened to my mom before. My mom, you don't mess with her. You know Joan the Moan. Pretty well at this stage. But I remember somebody was parked directly in the driveway, right? So coming up the driveway, they parked kind of halfway. So we live across the road from a school, a primary school. So someone obviously was facing into our driveway, jumped out, went to collect their child and were gone for a few minutes. So at this stage, my mom has come back from the shopping you know, she was over in the supermarket and she couldn't get into the driveway. Oh my God, that would drive me insane. I'd smash the car up. So she sat in the car, waited for the person to come back and the person obviously said, so sorry, you know, just had to collect the child, was late, whatever. So my mom said, I don't care. So she said, can you just <laughs> move move back there to let me out? And my mom goes, no, you can drive up the driveway. So she made her drive up the, our driveway, which is quite long, drive up the whole driveway at which point the poor woman was blocked in because there was about seven cars up there. And my mom blocked her. And she oh, said, well, wow. I'm going to park. My mom goes, well, I'm going to park here. So I don't know how you're going to get out. Oh, my mom can be such a, you know what. And <laughs> the, the, the woman didn't know what to do. Apologising for hours. like. How, uh, how long was your mom waiting there now? I'd say she made her wait there for about 30 minutes. No, but how long was your mom waiting before the oh, woman probably, came back with her kid? I'd say five or ten minutes. But That's my mom did not move. Into your own gaff, isn't it? Yeah, she did not move until she had to actually leave to go somewhere herself. Blocked oh. the poor woman up the driveway. So how long did she le- keep her I in the driveway? She for? probably kept her for half an hour, forty minutes. <laughs> I remember the mats grind, and I was looking out the window. This poor woman with her five-year-old child standing there, going, "Please, in your driveway. yeah, <laughs> don't mess what with Joe." Yeah, she was like, "No, I am sick what of this happening." Psycho. Well, did the Wait. woman do it again? No. No, in fairness, and that would have got around the school. Crazy lady, Joan the Moan, don't go parking there. She'll, she she kidnapped the poor woman and her child there for four days. Yeah. Would not let her out. Ah. Made sure that she could not get out. Made her life difficult because she parked up our driveway and blocked my mom in for five minutes. In fairness, okay. it is very annoying. I mean, if my mom was in a rush and she wanted to get back home and she couldn't because she was on the road trying to get into yeah. her driveway, you'd be pretty annoyed. But yeah. It's a bit embarrassing, though, isn't it? Blocking uh, someone into your driveway in the end. I, I think fair play to it, to be honest with you, especially if it happened on a regular basis where people are just taking, taking the mick. And again, nothing worse, nothing worse than coming home late at night. You've been out a long day and you're exhausted and you come back and someone has presumed that, oh, sure, look, it's 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock. No, one, no one's using the space, so there's obviously no one here. There's no one using it, so I'll just sneak in and grab that one happy days. Thanks very much. Uh, I... Had a designated parking space in one, in the last place I lived. And there was a big dirty Mercedes parked in it. And I came back after the show. And it was like one o'clock in the morning. And I was oh. just exhausted. And there was no parking anywhere. So I just called the clampers. Did you really? Yeah, got up the next day. Big dirty yellow clamp on the side of this brand new Mercedes. And I was like... <laughs> uh, where did you park? I, I think I had to park in the estate across the road. Um, Imagine you had got clamped as well. Oh, uh, that, that was it. Like, you, you, it could have very easily happened, but I, I hate clampers. I, I, you know, it was a low point for me. I, I feel a little bit bad. I, I don't feel too bad because you have a big, dirty, brand new Mercedes. You've got a few quid for uh, a clamper and you're not taking my space ever again. Well, that's true. Uh, and, like, it does annoy me because most people haven't copped on because I'm close enough to the dart and stuff. So if anyone did realise that they could park there for free and no one would notice, they would do yeah. it. So they haven't really copped on to that. But there's a... GAA club literally across the road from me and 
now at the weekends parents realise oh right I can just pull in here for five minutes let them out and yeah so I'm close to to going out to some one of the days but there's always a good six spaces left regardless at the moment so that's all right then I don't really care but uh, Um, yeah um, let us know though if you've ever you know, what What you've done to save your parking space, to defend your parking space and to defend your honour, because it's, you know, it's a respect, isn't it? People disrespecting you and thinking they can walk all over you and park in your space, even though it's yours. 0876797104. Gentleman over, uh, Toby Bailey was his name, 49 years of age, had this same thing happening to him outside his house where people were parking, lives on a small enough estate near to the city centre over in Manchester, I think it was. Um, but same thing was happening. They put up no parking signs. They put out the old, uh, they apparently had... had built a, a small curb as well. I, what they'd some work done to kind of make it a little bit obvious that you can't park here. Uh, this is a particular space for this particular house. Anyway, came out one day and someone was parked in his spot. So he just got a load of uh, plastic wrapping. You know, like you'd wrap around pallets and stuff, like pallet wrap, oh, yeah. and wrapped, wrapped this poor woman's entire car. I mean, that's going to an extreme level, beautiful. isn't it? Absolutely beautiful. I think that was you get everything you deserve if you're taking someone else's parking space. There's a lot of me that kind of thinks, let's see the good in the person. You know, no, no. in say my my mom's situation there, I would have said, okay, just, you know, it's really annoying because it's blocking my driveway. Can you not do that again? I wouldn't make her drive but up the- and, and keep her there trapped with a child. Uh, and also, I don't think I'd go to an extreme level of, you know, wrapping a car up or... Vandalizing a car. I think that's it's genius. Now he technically didn't vandalize or damage the car. He just wrapped it up and made her life as awkward as his life has been. Has been like I've had to leave an angry Ross Geller note on a car before that took my space. And you can never come across as not a psycho when you're leaving a note on someone's car. Window. Oh no, hundred percent. Now that's never happened to me. But I remember years ago getting my hair done in a hairdresser's, and now it wasn't someone's car space but they after a certain time it went into one lane right so it was two lanes up until a certain oh, time yeah. and then one yeah. lane right so I didn't realise this I was only 18 had a breeze parked there anyway and I heard traffic really bad beeping and all sorts I think it was a Friday so people wanted to get home and I was blocking up half the road so uh, when I came out actually to move the car eventually the hairdressers was like look that's your car they're, they're beeping at so I had all the tin foil <laughs> in my hair I had blonde hair at the time yeah. and I came out chewing them all over the car people throwing stuff at it it was bad damn right damn right you absolute scumbag absolute scumbag yeah absolute naivety on my part but I wouldn't do it again like, just tell me uh, get out there and move your car please you can't park there oh sorry Grant don't yeah. be throwing stuff at it Um. Who is this now is after Miss Ian, what's the story, Ian? How are things? Um, most developments built after 2005 have 1.66 spaces per property. It's just very difficult to park a car in 0.66 of a space. That's what I mean. I don't understand that, where it's like you have 1.5 spaces. What, you can park half your car there? Yeah. Oh, this, this could be a good one from Eric. Good evening, Eric, sir. Thanks for the message. My uncle a few years ago in his old apartment had a BMW owner constantly parking in a spot. Hashtag, not all BMW owners, but most of them. Stereotypes true, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, My uncle had approached the owner of the BMW and the owner ignored and laughed at him. Oh. Oh, the rage, Eric. The rage of that when you're trying to be sound and going, hey, listen, I don't mean to be a bit of a, but that's my parking space for my house, for my apartment, if you wouldn't mind parking somewhere else. And then they go, huh. You'd be like, right, so. 
Okay, so the owner of the BMW uh, laughed at him. A few days later, my uncle... Oh, 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 a few days later, my uncle took his wheels off his BMW and left it on blocks. <gasps> no. Yeah, he says, I won't be giving the location due to certain circumstances. Eric, of course, but fair play to your uncle. Did, did, like, was there... Do you know what your uncle should have done? He should have come out the next day. Or like, where did he did he leave the wheels for him, or did he rob them? You know, did he give him the wheels just up against the wall and then turn I'd around say and going? He was fuming. Also, how did your uncle know how to do that? Anyway, there's so many questions here, Eric, that you've opened us for opened up for us tonight. But that is absolutely amazing. Wow, amazing! A huge amount of respect for your uncle, and I take it one your man never did it again. But like, did anything happen? He should have came out like sipping a coffee the next morning, going. Oh, no, someone after putting your car up on blocks. Oh, for for God's sake. Some, some people. And then he could have been like, you know, I'm just like, that would have been my car if it had been in that spot now. I'm just so thankful now. Oh, God. Oh, God. I think the fact that he laughed in his face. I mean, I'd be totally fine with it if, you know, someone turned around to me and said, Lee, you're parking in my space. I think be nice and be courteous. And then if they're not going to actually listen to you, Mm. then you got to get your own back, kind of, don't you? Take mm-hmm. action. That's amazing, though. That's it's an terrible. amazing story. Brilliant. I think absolutely 100% fair but play. the fact that he had to do that. I know. Some people, just some people are just... Mm. Especially, and you know, if you're either paying a mortgage and you've only got the one space, or you're paying rent and someone is just taking the mic, game on. Came on is what I say. Fair play. Um, <laughs> I just got a message in there stream, from someone that has um, printed off a meme that says you park like a, begins with P, please stop mm. it, and left that on someone's car. Oh, nice. Mm. But see, that's like that would work to a point. The person's going to laugh. They're not going to take that seriously. I'd laugh if th- someone put that on my car. Yeah, but you, you might stop because now, you know, people are like, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. 
specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Shaming you. Publicly. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. maybe I've done maybe. terrible things. Like, I've parked in spaces I shouldn't have parked in. I've been given out to loads of times. But I've never parked in someone's private car space. Mm, it's a whole different level of mm. whole different level of rage that it causes. Listen, if you've ever had to do something similar, it might not be as extreme as what uh, Eric's uncle did <laughs> and took the wheels off the BMW. I don't think anyone has any sympathy for that BMW driver. Fair play to your uncle. Listen, do let us know. Would you go as far as doing something like that or like the guy over, um, the guy Toby who wrapped someone's car completely in pallet wrap because this person kept parking in their space? Let us know. Drop us a text. Here is... This is the best of Room 104. Phone and text lines are now closed. Any call or text you make will not count, but you may still be charged. FM 104. Has anyone ever taken your parking spot? It's a very personal thing, and, you know, the disrespect you feel and the rage you feel if someone, after you come home from a long day's work, someone has just decided to go, screw you, I'm taking your parking space and doesn't care about it. Eric messages in saying that happened to his uncle, a BMW driver, wouldn't you know it, a BMW driver kept taking the space, he asked him nicely and approached him to say, would you mind not doing that? That's my space. And your man laughed at him in the Beamer. So uh, the uncle took the wheels off the car <laughs> and put them up on bricks. He said, uh, the uncle is a mechanic and he ended up getting the wheels put back on from a member of the AA. As you can imagine, the incident never happened again. Oh Eric, my God. But obviously he vandalised the car. He didn't so. vandalise the car. It was perfect. He's a mechanic. He just took the wheels off. The wheels I know, but there. you're touching someone else's property. So I wonder He's if... He's in his the- parking space. I know. No, I totally agree with him, but I just wonder, did the guy have a leg to stand on because he touched his car, he took the wheels off? Well, he wouldn't know. He wouldn't know. And the wheels, there was no crime committed. Well, there probably was, but no evidence. So, well done, sir. And well done to your uncle. I kind of want to buy, um, Eric, I'd like to buy your uncle a pint. Um, I don't know (laughs) if that would ever be possible, but, but who knows? That would be absolutely beautiful if we could fair play to him. Um, I come across something I want to shred here very, very quickly. I'm going to read you something, right? Um, this is just so annoying. And beware, because if you're a college graduate and you're kind of moving into the workforce now this year, or if you have five years of experience and you're looking for a new job, it's going to start happening again where unpaid internships are going to be all the rage and they'll be exploiting you more than ever before. And I think we need to keep our heads a little bit uh, above the water when it comes to these things. Let me read you this. I won't mention the company name, but absolutely, I just think this stuff is scum. If you're looking for somebody to work for free, you know, it shouldn't be, you shouldn't need years of experience and qualifications. You should be going in to learn on the job. You know what I mean? It should be like a three-month or a six-month program where you're actually going to gain some value out of it. You'll be getting something out of the job and you can learn on the job, right? Uh, We're looking for a passionate marketing officer To plan and oversee this company's marketing activities and campaigns, you will be the one to ensure that all marketing operations are successful in meeting the goals set by management. The marketing officer reports directly to the CEO and COO. Here are the responsibilities, uh, your responsibilities if you get this job as marketing officer. Preparing, planning and project managing, the publication of all social media material, 
managing digital advertising campaigns essentially through Google Ads and Facebook Ads. And by the way, Google Ads is a specific job in and of itself. It's incredibly complicated. You can do online courses in Google Ads to become qualified um, and to get like a qualification in that. So then we have planning, developing and delivering marketing campaigns, creating and developing new innovative ways to communicate, um, planning and project managing marketing events and evaluating their success. So you have to be a digital ad manager, a content creator, and now you have to be an event organizer and you have to be a project manager. Requirements of the role. Previous experience is a must. Ideally, a degree in marketing. Strong, confident communicator. Excellent copywriting skills. Design skills, including graphics and web design. So you need to be a graphic designer, a web designer, a project planner, an advertising executive. You need to be an event organizer. Have a degree. Have previous experience and be a social media managing expert. Important. This position is unpaid. Stop it. Who in their right mind is going to take that up on? Like if they have all of that experience under their belt, are going to go, do you know what, I'll get um, this free internship that will probably lead to absolutely nothing. It's just the exploitation. And I hope, I hope nobody applies for this, and I hope they take this down, this particular company. will remain nameless at the moment. They're, uh, I'll just say they're an education company. But um, I, look, I'm all for a company taking someone on for six months until they're trained up. But once hmm. they're guaranteed a job after that. Not even that, right? If you if you have, let's say, some sort of intern program, and I know there's massive problems with internships and having an unpaid internship cuts probably 50% of the workforce out of it and keeps only people whose parents can afford to pay them and all that stuff, right? I get that. There's a huge issue with that as well. But if you have an unpaid internship that'll outline, here's what you're going to learn, here's what the program is, here is uh, what we hope to deliver for you as an intern so that you can leave... Like if they said you'll get on-site training in Google Ads, you'll get on-site training in Facebook Ads, you'll understand how to do X, Y, and Z. They're looking for slaves. It's a stupid, toxic company culture where they're looking for slaves. But we're, unfortunately, we're going to get more of this. And I would just like to shred that job application that's looking for 7 billion different things in one person. And, and, and I know, unprecedented times. I know, we're all financially screwed. And we haven't even, as soon as this government uh, COVID payment scheme dries up, we're all even more screwed, right? We haven't even felt the, 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 the kick in the teeth yet um, from a complete economic point of view. And we're pretty much in a recession right now and we're going to be into a worse recession. But just, just like, go and die if you're going to put that up on uh, on, online for people to kind of think that that's acceptable. Because it's 100% completely not. No, it's not acceptable at all. No. And I hope nobody takes them up on that offer because... It is taking advantage of somebody probably in a position where they're desperate for a job in the end. So they'll think, oh, well, if I do this for X amount of months, maybe I'll be on decent money in the end. But you might not. You probably only, won't, actually. The only good thing is I hope no one would ever apply for that now because they could just say, I'm actually better off on the COVID. Of course you, know you are, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm better off on the, uh, on the COVID, sitting at home, doing nothing instead of... Uh, Instead of paying for that. Anyway, we must take... This is the best of Room 104. Phone and text lines are now closed. Any call or text you make will not count, but you may still be charged. FM 104. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow-up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.